It's a joy to uh, have on the phone today Suzanne Wilson, and she's in touch with us from Florida, where she and her husband Roy live now. But Suzanne, how are you? Fine, John. I'm so glad to hear your voice. Well, it's uh, storming there in Florida right now, but I trust you have some shelter. We do. We do. We're very blessed here. <laughs> well, we not only have a shelter from uh, uh, storms in the Gulf of Mexico, we have other, even more important shelter, don't we? We do. Absolutely. The best. The best. Well, when Linda and I were visiting you and Roy earlier this year, we were reminiscing about what the Lord had uh um, done in your lives and and giving him glory for the wonderful message of Christ is our life and I've asked you if you wouldn't mind Suzanne to share a bit of your spiritual journey with us today well I thank you so much John for the opportunity to give my testimony and I'm I'm going to start right at the beginning and and give you as much of a background as I can um, I was born in Chicago Illinois into an Irish Catholic home in 1945. The Catholic component that I learned was a religious system that at that time taught a legalistic approach to God with degrees of sin and a work system that overrode everything I did, the end of which gave me no certainty of where I would end up eternally, but an awareness that it was a toss-up. Heaven Purgatory, which I was taught was not as good as heaven, but not as bad as hell, or hell. I was sick from birth, but due to the fact that my father was a doctor, prescription drugs were something I grew up thinking were certainly acceptable, and for me, normal and natural, like others might take vitamins. These components set the stage for fear, guilt, and dependence on anything but a God I believed I would never be good enough to even approach. This God I felt I could not even approach due to my self-image of inferiority, which, by the way, I worked at hiding, being an overachiever with the need for accolades at every turn, is the very Jesus I encountered in total surrender in June of 2007. Wow, to find out that he's not only approachable, but he loves me so much that he wants to be involved in every single detail of my life. A savior that I'm able to be present with, up close and personal, all day, every day. As it says in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Since acceptance and love, conditional at that, came from performance, again, works, I became a perfectionist with a need to get straight A's, B-class president, swim team trophy winner, uh, ping pong captain, all-star volleyball team member, National Honor Society representative, prom queen, blah, blah, blah. Exhausting. Yet the addiction to excitement and recognition was fueled. College was much of the same, but an insidious depression set in, which required, I thought, more medicating to overcome the symptoms. But then, who wouldn't be stressed out? After all, I had a lot of responsibilities as a self-actualizing driven narcissist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Again, exhaustion mm. with nothing but guilt since I truly believed I would never measure up, that nothing I ever did would be good enough. 
And so I began to seek to fill this painful void with regular medication, approval from men, alcohol, and escaping in general by not telling anyone what was truly going on inside of me insofar as the total inadequacy I felt. I had two children in 1969 and 1971 by my first husband, but was divorced the first time by 1972 after only four and a half years of marriage. Relationships were a total enigma to me because getting close to anyone would mean, in my mind, rejection because of someone finding out what little self-esteem I really had. How I felt inside, in my core, was not the confident person I portrayed. In other words, would you still love me if you knew who I really was? I thought not, so to remedy that problem, I rejected you long before you could reject me. But the person I kept really rejecting on a regular basis was this driven, addictive, destructive person I loathed myself. Mm. Again, being an overachiever, I kept trying to gain accolades by performance while hiding who I was or the person I thought I really was. All the while, I kept asking myself, is this all there is? All the while, I kept searching for truth, wherever or whatever it was. Married to husband number five, wow, could I ever relate to the woman at the well, and contemplating another divorce, I was drawn to a sign across the highway from our house. It read, Fox Lake Baptist Church. I picked up the phone and called. Through a wonderful woman who became the sister I never had, I found out that Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I came to know also that God says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So I am here to prepare for eternity, and the truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is also that there is no purgatory, but I can be assured of being in his presence in heaven when I draw my last breath if I repent of my sins and turn to Jesus alone as my Lord and my Savior. And so I did. It was right after my 45th birthday. But you see, five years ago, at the age of 61, I came to realize that I had turned from sin, having received the, three, the, the free gift of salvation, but I had not turned from self. I had been a Christian for years, but I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. It was Good Friday. What joy to find out that I was not having a nervous breakdown, but I was, in fact, finally coming to the end of myself. Mm -hmm. Having understood that I must surrender, and through the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20, knowing that I, Suzanne, no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart that although I was saved, I was not living the abundant life because I was dependent on prescription drugs and not God. So, 
thinking I was having a nervous breakdown on Good Friday. By the grace of God, I was led to Grace Fellowship International, arriving Monday morning, the day after Easter. Through you, John, and Dr. Solomon, I came to understand that I was still on the throne of my life, not Christ. I was not leading the abundant life in Christ because I had not gone to the cross and surrendered. I needed to be dependent on God alone for everything. As a result of the exchanged life counseling experience, I was delivered from years of addictive psychotropic medication. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to detoxify and become completely healed through a Christian approach to nutrition. At 66 years old, I am on no prescription drugs, and I have never felt better in my life. Through the power of the cross, we know in 2 Corinthians 5.15, He died for all, all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. Jesus changed me from the core because only He alone can. And Romans 12.1 and 2 says, By the mercies of God, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the grace that God has given me, I have now been married to a wonderful man 24 years in October with six grandchildren who all know what they call the three ten-finger prayers, <laughs> verses they learn to memorize by counting on their fingers. Let's do it together. Ready? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Matthew 17.20, if you have faith, nothing will be impossible to you. Ten finger prayers, that's great. Praise God. I am so blessed, John. God is good all the time. In the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. And I just want to repeat the, the whole of Galatians 2.20 because this scripture verse has just become so, so key um, to me um, in my life. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And John, I am just so privileged to have had this opportunity to give my testimony and to know all of you at Grace Fellowship, and I just thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for all that you and everyone at Grace Fellowship has done for me and my family. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for sharing some of your testimony. I, I'm overwhelmed to think back and see the faithfulness of God in in your life. And, of course, we give Him all the glory. It's His grace, it's His Spirit, it's His truth which transforms. You know, just uh, this morning I was talking to a uh, sister in the Lord who ministers out in uh, Minnesota, who shares this message of Christ as life in discipling and counseling. And she was 
testifying of transformational change in the lives of of women she's been ministering to. And so this is a uh, a wonderful example that you've shared, Suzanne, of of uh, the power of the gospel. Christ has come not only that we might have life, but have it more abundantly, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, Suzanne, was the issue of rejection and how you, in your, I guess we could say, your um, unique version of the flesh was being a high achiever. And I don't remember some of those accolades. You just uh, checked off very quickly there in your testimony, but that's amazing. Um, what would you say would be the connection between the uh, the rejection factor and the way people try to to cope with life? Any comments on that? Uh, well, for me, um, I didn't know who I was in Christ. I, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and didn't know I could have a personal relationship with Christ. And so I didn't know who I was in Christ. And because um, I was in a situation where everything was performance and everything was works, I just thought I could never measure up. So I always felt rejected, even though I was putting on a a front of being... um, so confident and uh, and so achievement oriented, I still um, just felt that because I could never measure up, I felt that it was a constant rejection because I would I was never good enough, and so I would try something else to get that acceptance, and that wasn't it. So I would go back and try something else, and and nothing was ever good enough. Uh, even though I would rack up all these different trophies and medals, and and I, it just was never good enough. So, you know, I just finally got to the point where, in order to um, fill that void that I had, I turned to other things because I I didn't know I could turn to Christ, and and I just uh, but but as I mentioned. The, the person I kept really rejecting um, was myself because I mm-hmm. got to the point where I just felt more and more defeated. I was always trying to get acceptance uh, from things outside of myself and not looking to the Lord. And when I read um, Dr. Solomon's book, The Ins and Out of Rejection, I, I, I think the, just one of the verses that just hold was uh, Psalm 37 4 delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and so I mean I didn't I didn't even have a concept of what uh, that meant but as I put him first and learned to well well when I when I uh, asked Jesus to come into my heart and and changed my life and when I was saved um, I didn't have that knowledge but when I met all of you um, in 2007 and I I read especially ins and out of rejection that verse is the thing that just did it for me because I thought well okay I've been putting I, I thought I was putting the Lord first but I came to realize just in 
reading that book and that one verse just grabbed me and I thought, okay, um, I'm, I have to put the Lord first. Um, and I wasn't doing that. That's where it really made sense for me that I was on the throne of my life and not Christ. So then when I truly uh, realized that I was dependent on prescription drugs and not God, then and when I was delivered from the addiction of prescription drugs, nothing was in the way. And so although I had been filled with the Holy Spirit, I wasn't walking in the Spirit. And there's a difference. So once I was walking in the Spirit, then I, I truly could put the Lord first. And, and then everything that happened in my life after that, you know, was truly His will because Christ was on the throne of my life and, and just the last five years have been the most glorious years of my life. If anyone told me at 66 years old that I would be on no prescription drugs and that I would feel this good, I've never felt better in my life. And I was just always sick all my life, always feeling like I was pushing, always feeling like, you know, I, I just could never measure up. And I don't, I, I just am totally... Um, uh, totally transformed, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm, I'm, I've been totally transformed. And the biggest thing that, that Romans 12, 2 re- tells me or that struck me was that I've been transformed by the renewing, it says by the renewing of your mind. I could actually feel my uh, mind being healed because I realized that all those years of being on addictive drugs um, just blocked the Holy Spirit. And, of course, again, I was, I was mm-hmm. on the throne of my life, not Christ. So it's just made all the difference in the world. I, I can, I'm physically much stronger, and I'm, I'm just healthy and, and never felt better in my life. But I, I can actually... Um, feel, you know, just my my mind being totally renewed and by by the power of the Holy Spirit. That it's just so, uh, been an incredible five years since so I encouraging. Um, was brought to, to Grace Fellowship. You know, it reminds me, Suzanne, you're illustrating the verse that says, May God sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. And we believe that that's an important biblical teaching that's often uh, overlooked, that the Lord does have have provisions for us uh, in in the spiritual answers in His Word, in terms of restoring the soul and and even improving stress-related health problems. And uh, when we think of the um, verse that you referred to earlier, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart," um, mm-hmm. it reminds us that um, the Lord wants to to meet our deepest needs through that abiding relationship with Him. That it's not only devotional truth, but it's also counseling truth. You know, you mentioned the identity factor, Suzanne. You um, uh, didn't know who you were in Christ and how important that is when the Holy Spirit revealed that to you, that you are a daughter of God, a princess, and the implications of that. Um, when we started to go through this uh, Christ-centered counseling process together, uh, looking back, what would you say would have been your functional identity back then? Would you say it was a mixture, kind of a positive and negative thing back then? 
Oh yeah, I I definitely um, I I definitely thought that I, you know, had some good qualities, but I was so beaten down by the time I met you. Um, when I came into your office um, Monday morning, the day after Easter, um, I was just so beaten down that um, I really was, the, the, if, if you had a scale, I felt that the negatives were just so outweighed any positives. And when I came into your office, I really thought I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown um, because I had been hospitalized Good Friday evening and was released Saturday. And as I say, by the grace of God, and um, um, I, I came to your offices. But when I arrived, I remember saying to you, um, I, I just don't understand what's wrong. I've been a Christian uh, for years, so why would I be experiencing this um, anxiety and this depression and and why would I just think I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown? So, yeah, I, I did, I, I came in just beaten down because I just um, didn't know. I mean, I, I was saved um, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I, you know, I, I, I knew that if I drew my last breath, you know, I'd be in his presence. But, you know, I mean, I, w I wasn't leading the abundant life. I mean, if, if, you know, I remember saying to you, you know, if, if I would just as soon, you know, pray that God would take me now. I mean, that's not leading the abundant life. I mean, if you're, if you just <laughs> wish you were dead. I mean, I, I knew where I'd be if I died, but I prayed to die. I said, Lord, just take me. You know, I've had, you know, I've had a good life. I, you know, yeah, I've had a few, I've messed up here and there. But you know what? I know if I draw my last breath, I'm going to be with you. So just take me now, would you please? Because I can't take this anymore. That's not the abundant life. Well, I, you know, salvation was phenomenal for me when mm -hmm. I accepted Christ in 1945. I mean, in 1945. When, at, when I was when I was 45 years old, mm -hmm. it was right after my 45th birthday. Mm -hmm. um, Salvation, and, and I understood justification. I understood just as if I loved this. When when I heard about justification, I was told it's just as if I never sinned, and I was like, "Wow, that's great!" You know, it was just like a twenty-ton anvil lifted off my right shoulder and a twenty-ton anvil lifted off my left shoulder. But I didn't understand the sanctification process, and that upon salvation. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I have the assurance of salvation, which I never knew as a Catholic, growing up in a in a Catholic home and going to the Catholic church and Catholic schools. But I didn't understand the sanctification process and walking in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I did not know who I was in Christ. So, Suzanne, and, one of the one of the things that I think uh, I'd really like for um, my pastor colleagues and counselors to consider is that um, someone uh, in your condition coming to them it would be very easy to focus on care which would mean offering empathy and praying and seeking to encourage someone but the Lord had a higher plan for you right he was bringing you to the end of your self-sufficiency so that he could reveal to you what it really meant 
to appropriate by faith your identification with Christ. So your breakthrough when you receive Christ as Savior at age 45 was, if we use the imagery of the children of Israel's uh, redemption from Egypt in the book of Exodus and then Numbers and into the book of Joshua, we could say it was like your salvation was like crossing the Red Sea. You became a, a daughter of God and you... you celebrated your forgiveness and and your eternal salvation but most believers experience uh, a wilderness wandering much like the children of israel did during those 40 years and so you were at the verge of the jordan river uh we call it discipling the desperate um when you came in that day after after a good friday easter sunday and what a privilege it was to walk with you step by step through a process of discovering what you were living out of, your version of the self-life, helping you put that in the context of that identity that you were living out of, and then walk through Romans 6 through the line diagram and just really trust the Holy Spirit to illumine you to what it meant that the old Suzanne was crucified and buried and you could have a funeral for that gal and then claim by faith that you were raised with him, ascended with Christ, and that was the basis of this new identity from which you could live. And what a joy to see um, the relief when he took you across the Jordan River into uh, into the Canaan of resting in Christ, not only as your Savior and Lord, but as your life. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love the fact that when I came to Grace Fellowship, I mean, I, I knew about two births, you know, my natural birth and, and then being born again, having become a Christian. So when I walked into Grace Fellowship... I was a Christian, but I love the fact that I, I, I came to understand about not only two births, but two deaths. And I, I love the fact that, you know, that um, I, we were able to have a funeral for the old Suzanne. And so, in fact, there's two deaths. There's a, the um, spiritual death to self, which was a phenomenal thing to find out, and to be buried, died, and, and yet resurrected again with Christ is, and to have the knowledge that, that I have resurrection power because of who I am in Christ, uh, I have that resurrection power because, you know, I, the old, the old Suzanne died, uh, with, with him and was, was, uh, resurrected a, a new person, new creation, new creation. It's just, just the most, Amazing, amazing uh, revelation, and and yet Amen. the Holy Spirit still, you know, I I came, I counseled with you for uh, for two months. It wasn't until June that I walked into your office and said, you know, I know what it is, and you said what, and I said, it's the drugs. I'm I'm taking prescription drugs, you know, and I. I, I, it was just so clear to me that the that that I was dependent on these prescription drugs and had been most of my life, you know, intermittently here and there, maybe not on something, but for the most part, on medication all of my life for one thing or another. And what a relief! And then, of course, you know, uh, uh, you you asked me, well, what are you, what are you going to do? And I I said, well, I'm just going to pray, and I, and I know that the Holy Spirit will lay it on my heart as to when I stop the drugs and how I'm supposed to do it. And, and of course, I did pray, and and um, 
within um, just a few days after my meeting with you, um, I stopped taking these drugs that were uh, highly addictive psychotropic drugs. So, um, you know, I I went through um, withdrawal that, you know, I was prepared to go through. But, you know, there was no turning back, and, I, and there was no fear, because although it was uncomfortable, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, um, uh, I knew that I was in God's hands, and I knew that if the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart to stop taking the drugs, that I, in fact, um, would would each day get better. And I did, um, because um, of, of the faith that I had um, in, in God's promise that, you know, uh, that, that he will deliver us. And I knew that um, he, w- I knew ex- it was no, no doubt in my mind that I was supposed to stop taking these drugs. And I didn't know what God had in store for me, but again, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I didn't even know what was in store for me. I mean, he has just blessed me and our family so much in the last five years, far beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And, you know, it it just um, makes me grateful for any suffering I went through. When I read um, Dr. Solomon's book, Handbook Happiness, um, um, I just, um, of course, I, I love the fact that I, I learned from, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure which book it was now as I'm, as I'm sitting here, but um that depression is an internal temper tantrum. And so, in fact, you know, that's where I came to realize, I, you know, I was on the throne of my life, not Christ. I, I wasn't getting my way, so I was having that internal temper tantrum. But but in uh, Handbook Happiness, um, I remember reading about the suffering, and it's really a, a time of learning, and it's a time of training for future usefulness you know, God, God will use all this that I went through um, to help someone else. And even talking with you, and and even the opportunity to share with other people uh, my testimony. You know, if if one person will be delivered from prescription drugs, I mean, you know, John, just even in the last five years, I've become even more aware of. There are so many people on prescription drugs, and there are so many people on these highly addictive psychotropic drugs, these drugs for depression and anxiety, and and then you have to take something to sleep at night, and then you have to take something else because you know your other systems aren't working, and and everything goes, everything is all these you know pills are clashing inside of your body and. And there's so many people on prescription drugs. And having been a teacher, uh, it, it really struck me. I'm retired now, but it really struck me how many children, and there are more and more children being put on drugs. They're being diagnosed with um, uh, attention deficit disorder, uh, behavioral disorder. And what do they do? They put them on drugs. You know, I, I, it's just, it's, it's absolutely... Um, just, um, it, it, I, 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 it, I can't think of the word I want, but the um, fact that so many people uh, and so many doctors are putting so many people, even 
from young children on these drugs, and the drugs that they're being put on are so addictive. It's uh, it's very very difficult um, uh, to come around to to understanding the surrender concept. Uh, you know, if you know, or, or to you know, we God wants. You know, I want to be the person God wants me to be, and you want your loved ones to be the, the you know, you know, you want your children and grandchildren and your loved ones and your friends and neighbors. You you want to say, gee, you know, I want you to be the person God created you to be. Well, you know, it's 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 literally impossible. It's an epidemic. These prescription drugs. It's an epidemic going on out there, and there are so many people. Who are on these drugs and well, that was a paradigm they, shift for you, wasn't it, Suzanne? With your father being a physician, <clears throat> I always trusted doctors because um, it wasn't unusual for me. I, I saw prescription pads around the house. We had a, a huge corner cabinet. If you opened the door, it was a lazy Susan. It was you know from the top of the kitchen counter to the ceiling. It was a high ceiling, and it was just loaded with drugs. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't unusual for me. To, um, I, it, it just was very normal, very natural for me. Allow me to comment um, a little bit about this, Suzanne. There's, uh, there may be a listener that uh, is wondering if, if we uh, tell people to go off prescribed medications. And as you know, we do not uh, make that decision for people. We don't give advice no. one way or the other. But you, no. as someone giving your testimony, are free to share your convictions and, and to give uh, thanks for the, the degree of health and freedom you're experiencing. But I remember when the Holy Spirit um, put this on your heart that you wanted to uh, choose choose a different path in terms of your personal health and, and not to be dependent upon the drugs. I remember a book that I had come across called Psychology Debunked. And there's a website by the same name, Psychology Debunked. They've done a lot of research um, evaluating psychotropic medications and their side effects and so as you looked at that you made your own decision and I remember hearing about you know, the challenges you went through detoxifying and how um, the Lord uh, impressed upon you that you needed to to uh, restore your electrolytes and uh, I think you found some Gatorade so I think of it as God and Gatorade <laughs> was uh, what helped you go through those those rough waters but um, so we leave it up to individuals, and there are cases, uh, as we mentioned in our seminar, where someone may have a a uh, biologically based issue and be on a prescription drug. We don't make that our our primary focus. But when we realize that um, the vast majority of chronic emotional and mental problems can be resolved through a dynamic personal relationship with Christ and the spiritual therapy process, where the Lord is our Therapist, He is our counselor. He is our life. He is the one who can restore the soul. And the Lord promised us peace that passes all understanding, a joy which the world cannot rob us of. And so um, we believe that knowing Christ as life, in the words of Jack Taylor, a uh, former board member, knowing Christ as life is the key that unlocks every lock, including uh, a host of symptoms which uh, um, the DSMV4 uh, professional counseling manual gives different labels for these things, but we see that the vast majority can be traced to the basic issue of the self-life and strongholds. And so knowing Christ as life replaces the self-life and, 
And as we know, um, the truth sets us free. So applying God's truth to false beliefs is a very liberating process. So I'm just so grateful, Suzanne, that the Holy Spirit guided you step by step, that in your case you you were convicted of the need to uh, take a closer look at really more of a, a radical approach to health through through nutrition and detoxifying the body, and that's that's a different ministry focus, but certainly is one that's complementary to uh, a biblical and um, uh, wise approach to being a steward of our of our health. And I uh, well, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned strongholds, John, and and um, that bondage um, that I was in uh, took that supernatural intervention. I mean, without a doubt, but I was set free from drugs and you know I go back to Galatians 2.20 you know I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me and and at that point I knew that you know the the Lord doesn't need tranquilizers so mm. you know I was totally um, um, set free from the drugs I pray that your and, testimony Suzanne will, will give hope to people listening to realize that uh, the Lord Jesus really did uh, give us that kind of a victory if we appropriate fully um, the resources He has for us. The Scripture says in Second Peter chapter one, He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. You know, one of the themes we've mentioned in your testimony is the the wonderful new identity that we have in Christ. But there are some that um, have had a breakthrough, like you've had, Suzanne. But in their approach to helping others, perhaps they're even a Christian counselor they start out with someone in the condition that you were in when we met, and they start with the the teaching about our identity. Now, it took me a while to learn from Dr. Solomon that identification precedes identity. In other words, the Lord wants to bring us to the end of our self-sufficiency and our independence to show us that we are identified with Christ and reveal that to us through the Word to show us what Romans 6 and other passages really mean, and as he illumines us, then we are to, uh, in a sense, repent of living out of that old identity and out of our ways of coping and have that exchange that, in the words of Romans 6, 10, and 11, to reckon personally true that we are identified with Christ in his death and his burial, his resurrection and his ascension. And when the Holy Spirit makes that an experiential reality, then to unpack the treasure chest of our new identity is a wonderful positive blessing to celebrate. Yeah, to count, yes, reckon, count on as true. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just, um, well, I, I know too. Um, well, reading your book, John, blessed reassurance that you know we 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 trust in God's grace, and I just um, love that acronym. God's the, the the acronym for grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. I mean. He died so that I might live, and and live abundantly. That that is the thing that I came to understand. It's not just about salvation; it's about sanctification, which is the walk walking in the Holy Spirit, which is the abundant life. So we're not only that's where it, so we're not only saved um, from hell by grace through faith, but also we live the Christian life by grace through faith. Exactly, exactly. Not works, of course, as it says 
in Ephesians. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I also, you know, the fact that um, I, I think it was also in, in Dr. Solomon's book, Handbook Happiness, where, um, you know, I, I, it's in Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 1, verse 6, that I'm accepted in Christ mm-hmm. and that um, Christ is the only cure. And, and, and that, there again, my true identity is based on who I am in Christ. Um, and that, for me, was completely new. I never knew anything about that. I, I knew about assurance of salvation, but I had no idea. Well, they say who if, I was in Christ. That the gospel means good news, and certainly knowing the rest of the gospel about our death with Christ and our consequent new identity in Him, that's a lot of good news to, to celebrate, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I have to, I, I when I was thinking about my testimony and just going back and, and kind of trying to um, um, bring 66 and, a half, 66 and a half years, you know, to to maybe a, a ten minute testimony i I remember thinking um I started out you know a, a dead woman walking, but now I'm a walking miracle and then it it just reminded me of um uh, our Sanborn's book because you know I think when we go through this um, experience uh, of learning who we are in Christ and when we uh, come to the end of ourselves. We, we all then are just walking miracles, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I had to I had to laugh when I when I just thought about coming all the way from dead woman walking to miracle walking. Amen. <laughs> our our mutual friend Art Sanborn's uh, book. Exactly. That, yeah. That, oh, he's just yeah. With that title entitled uh, the uh, wonderful walking. brother in Christ. But, His book but is, you know, yeah. I I one of uh, I know in um. There's so many, I just, you know, there's so many wonderful scripture verses, but Matthew, um, chapter 7, um, verse, uh, I think it's verses 7 and 8, where basically, um, we're to keep asking, we're to keep searching, we're to keep knocking, and, and, you know, then when we, we keep asking, uh, but let me get to it, Matthew 7, Asking to seek and to knock. Seven. Right? Yeah, keep yeah. asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Mm-hmm. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who searches finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. And of course, you know, God's promises are, are just so phenomenal because, um, but then again, when you go to, when you go to, uh, Revelation, you know, 3.20, I mean, God, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. But, you know, we have to, that verse says, uh, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I mean, we can hear his voice, but we have to open that door. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to to go to the cross. I mean, uh, I think you taught me that, you know, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us, but... Uh, we have to accept uh, that gift and open the door so that we can have this new life that He offers us. Uh, so, and I and I just wish that you know more more people, um, maybe through their pastors or churches, would um, go from you know 
I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Salvation, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely key. But there needs to be, you know, more of what you're doing at Grace Fellowship for people to know it's that salvation and justification is, is the beginning. But the, the walking in the Spirit, the sanctification process is what, what you're teaching and through the, the, the surrendering, which is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, in fact, then uh, are able to have that abundant life that, you know, uh, we learn in Grace Fellowship. We, and well, we certainly give glory to God for um, His wonderful ministry in our lives of life and life more abundant. And I hope that um, some who are struggling in their personal life, hearing your testimony, Suzanne, will realize that that uh, the same Jesus is ready to bring healing and hope and and uh, a new identity to the person who knows and responds to him and surrender and faith. Um, and I, I trust that some who are involved in personal ministry of pastoral counseling or discipling will be encouraged to use a Christ-centered uh, process where the cross is applied, where we see that uh, we're saved not only by grace uh, eternally, but we're saved by grace from the self-life day by day by faith. Exactly. As we wrap up, Suzanne, how about if I ask you to wrap up our conversation uh, in a word of prayer, if you would lead us, and how about if you pray for those who may be listening that uh, may be struggling in their personal life, that God would lead them to this place of surrender and trust as well. Okay? Sure will, John. Thanks so much. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. We ask in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to remind us, Lord, how much you love us and remind us, Lord, that we confess our sins, that you will forgive us our sins and Lord, we just know that only you, Jesus, can change us at the core. But we know, Lord, that you love us and you want to deliver us from all strongholds and all bondage that we might be in. And Lord, we just ask you to come into our hearts and into our lives. We want to submit to you, Lord. We want to submit to you, surrender, and we know that we we can, if we go to the foot of the cross, we take everything to you. We know, Lord, that we will, in fact, uh, be delivered, and In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Lord, we trust you. We know that you will direct our paths. We know that you will deliver us. And we thank you for everything you're doing. In your precious name, amen. Amen. And I, I just, you know, you mentioned Joshua earlier. Joshua twenty four fifteen. We we have this um, on a refrigerator. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we uh, Amen. we just we just uh, thank you so much for this opportunity, John, and and 
I can't thank uh, all of you at Grace Fellowship enough for all that you're doing, as I mentioned earlier, for me and and for uh, our whole family. Well, we, th- we thank just... we thank you and Roy for your prayers and support and for uh, taking time, Suzanne, to share some of your testimony. I know it's been an encouragement uh, to me and to uh, those who will listen. So God bless and keep you. And uh, if anyone contacts us, can we put them in touch with you if they have a question or comment? Oh, that would be wonderful. You certainly can. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Suzanne. Well, we'll wrap it up today. And thanks again for your time with us. And God bless you. Thank you, John.